This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. We are living in a time where our future is uncertain, which means youth voice is as important as ever. Kia ora, join me, Leo, on Operation Rakatahi on ORFM's Youth Zone, 105.4 FM, 1575 AM or online at oar.org.nz or download the Youth Zone app on Google Play or the Apple App Store. I'm on the air every second Tuesday at 4pm. Kia ora and welcome to Operation Rakatahi. This week it's just me today and um, I hope everyone's had a good past couple of weeks. Um, just keep staying safe out there like the world's so chaotic we don't know what's going on and i'm going to be talking about the danger of holocaust denial and distortion and then later on in the show i'll be talking about the russia um ukraine conflict so but first we're on our 81st episode and yeah so you know do what yeah first off the reason why i want to talking about the danger of holocaust denial and distortion has been something i've wanted to talk about for a long time but i never knew the angle i would go down at talking about this for radio because and i also really did not want to talk about it because it's not a very enlisting topic and I know lots of stuff on this show that we talk about that isn't very great and but this is a real talking about these things is a real gut punch because it's such a emotionally filled story but also me not talking about it is also not using my platform to its fullest potential and creating the conversation going because as much as it's hard to talk about these things it's important because it keeps it alive and it doesn't allow for it to be denied but in the last couple of weeks there's just been too many things for me to not ignore it any longer and i have to talk about it on the radio and two things have happened in the last couple of weeks. There has been the whole Whoopi Goldberg scandal and the release of My Best Friend Anne Frank on Netflix. So there is a lot of... It's become very relevant in the way that should be talked about. And it makes me go, this is the time, it is now, or it is I'm going to keep putting it off. So, and, yeah. And, I remember you learning about this as a young person and grappling as a younger person and thinking about this going, oh my God, this is like so big. And for it to happen in recent past is 
very scary and it's the clear systematicness of it and the vastness and it was a production line the holocaust and yeah but i want to talk about because actually it's become very relevant like i said earlier there is the whole so what if you guys don't know about the whole Whoopi goldberg scandal in the last few in the last couple of weeks um Whoopi goldberg who I really respect as an actress and have really commended her career and she's a huge actress presenter comedian the list goes on and I always will remember watching the color purple and going oh my god this is is the real deal and it is an amazing piece of art but I'm not going to let her away with the colleagues, and I don't think, I think she has, she has later repealed them, and, but, she's someone I had great respect for, and I just feel very disappointed, and, so she is a presenter on the American, but also I'm not going to, yeah, so Whoopi Goldberg, currently, until a couple of, this week, was a presenter on the American talk show The View, which is kind of a panel-based show, morning time talk show, kind of like Breakfast here or the AM show on in on TVNZ and TV3 here in New Zealand. Um, it's very, it's a lot more commercialised and it's very American. And but they were talking about. A book that had recently been banned for that had tap it's a kids book that was tackling the holocaust and it got banned for things not related to the holocaust it was nudity and offensive language not about the content of the holocaust itself but and it created this discourse on the view and whippy goldberg opened up that opened up this massive can of worms that made me go no whippy shut your mouth and she started going on about how the holocaust is not i am quoting her here she said that the holocaust is not about race which is factually incorrect she goes on to say it's about man's inhumanity inhumanity towards man and that is true but it is about race and it is about both and it is much bigger than putting it down to that statement those statements the holocaust was about race and saying it isn't is factually incorrect and distorts the actual reality of the holocaust the holocaust was the systematic annihilation of of jews gypsies romas disabled people homosexuals socialists and the list goes on the holocaust was the systematic annihilation of 11 approximately 11 million people 6 million of those being jews the rest the other 5 million approximate equates to those other groups that I had mentioned before. 
And it was a that race. It was white supremacy at its most powerful, at its most extreme, and its most efficientness. And I am not going to sit here and let people distort it because there is enough people denying it out there. To also distort it and take it out of its factuality is not okay. And it is a disgusting reality that we have to live with because it didn't, it may feel like in our short lives of mine being 19, it may feel so long ago being over 75 years ago. But let's be real, in terms of global history, that is not long. And normally it is a lot bigger and it is disgusting me to see. And this is not just the only example. This was just on a global platform that got pointed out a whole lot more. Because there is so many people using the Holocaust as as a way to spread fear, hysteria, and allows this the sort of distortion and denial of the Holocaust allows fear and hysteria to grow amongst communities, and it allows white supremacy and neo-Nazi ideology to grow in scale. To downplay it kills. It allows to downplay it, it, it doesn't just kill, it destroys legacy. This is what our ancestors were fighting against and what generations since in countries in either the Allies or in the Axis powers since have been trying to move away from. And if you look at German and Japanese law, they have taken great strides to move away from their hideous pasts around in the in the in the in during this time. But allowing these ideas and pinpoint them down to being a, not being about race is not okay because it is about race it was a systematic annihilation the nazis viewed jews and gypsies and roma who are another race as less than and in their words, a scum on society. And they had a solution to remove them entirely. And Whoopi Goldberg to say that it is not about race 
and it's about two groups of white people going up against each other is not true. Because Jewish people can come in all different skin tones and it is a race. It's gone more than just beyond religion. They were viewed as a race. They identified as a race and to label them as just white people is not okay because there are Jewish people all melanin levels of skin. And actually, to be completely... Not going to go into that. But... I have noticed other things recently. The anti-mandate movement today uses Holocaust distortion in their... in their endeavour to spread lies and misinformation around vaccines, around COVID itself, during these times. I have, re I have come across so many people and I have tried to move away from this because they are the minority and they're not like, and it's spreading fear and misinformation are rife when you compare the yellow stars of David that the Jews had to be had to wear in the lead up to the Holocaust to the vaccine pass is not okay. If people don't know about the yellow star of David in the prelude to the Holocaust during the 1930s and early 40s, all Jewish people in Nazi-occupied areas of Europe had to wear a yellow Star of David to pinpoint them out in society. And it was to exclude them from society. People saw the yellow stars. They did not get the rights that others naturally got. It was segregation. But people who do not have vaccine passes, yes, are excluded from bigger gatherings and places you need them, but it is not comparable. People have a choice to get a vaccine pass in order to live life normally. You get vaccinated, you get a pass. And it's and with the yellow star of David, didn't matter. There was no way out of it. It was pure exclusion at its finest. Pure racism at its finest. It is about race. It was segregation. But that is not comparable to the vaccine passes. And this is only one wee aspect that the anti-mandate movement is using like comparing it to apartheid which is not true because it is controllable you can Jewish people had to wear it or face fines if they didn't 
I just, I can't keep going on about that. You get the picture. And spreading this fear and misinformation is bowing down to white supremacy, Nazism, and racism. Whether you realize it or not. Because it kills. It spreads. And... And if you don't know something, go and look it up. And don't downplay the Holocaust. Because it did happen. And 11 million people died. Six million of them being Jews. <clears throat> that was two-thirds of all Jewish people who lived in Europe at that time were murdered. During the Holocaust. And that was a third of all Jews in the entire world. And that is not even... Talking about all the the five million, the approximately five million others that make up that eleven million number, because it was gypsies, Roma, socialists, communists, and homosexuals also included in those groups. There isn't as much documentation about those groups. As there are for Jewish people. And the number is a little less certain of how many people. But to either say it didn't happen. Or to say it's not about race. Or to compare the events. That led up to the Holocaust. To what is going to, on today. With vaccine passes and mandates. is distorting the actual reality that happened. There is enough documentation to show what had happened. And it was well documented by both the Nazis and the liberating Allied powers who liberated those camps in 1945 and beyond. The Nuremberg trial. Nuremberg trials, there is enough documentation about the trials to punish those who had committed those crimes, war crimes and crimes against humanity. And the manufacturing lines happened on a wide scale. And just imagine more than twice New Zealand's population were murdered. Put that into a picture. There are people who have to live, who have lived beyond. There are still people alive who are survivors who you could ask. What was it like? 
And talking about it is what's important. Continuing it. Because all the survivors now were children. And they're all in their 90s. Who's going to spread it on once they're gone? Is it going to be their children? Their grandchildren? Or is it going to be everyone who has to read? Because actually, we're not going to have the survivors for very much longer. It's a fact. They have had their lives talking and not downplaying it. And yes, they have lived with the horrors for the rest of their life. And all the people who were passed then or since, who experienced the horrors firsthand, would would be mortified if it got forgotten. And it's a big thing. We cannot ignore what had happened. We need to continue talking about it. But if you want to keep knowledge, there are so many historical books, websites, etc, etc, that you can read. But I would definitely recommend watching the new film on Netflix called My Best Friend Anne Frank. And the movie is not about Anne Frank. It is about Hannah Gosler, who's her best friend, who often doesn't get talked about. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't not know who Anne Frank is, but it's also, it's brand new. It only came out this last week. And it is something to watch. You will be... It's not an easy watch, and it's something for, it's very artistic, and it's very, it keeps these stories alive, and you get lots of different perspectives, and Hannah Gosler is another perspective talked about, and there are other ways you can, I'm not going to keep talking about this for very much longer because I haven't got much time left, but keep yourself aware and watch all the movies that you can come across. Read all your books, read all your websites, because actually the more we know about it and the more we continue our, the story, well, it's not a story, it was factual, the more we keep talking about these events the longer we, the longer society progresses. It's just one way, way that we can do to not allow this to happen again. And do not distort it. Do not downplay the events that happened ever. And do not deny it ever happened. Because spreading misinformation and fear creates hysteria. It allows neo-Nazi white supremacy ideology to grow, which kills.
So now we're going to go to a song break. That just feels very... <laughs> that kind of feels like I'm downplaying it a bit by going to a song break. But we're going to go to a song break. Um, and we'll be back talking about the Russia-Ukraine crisis that's happening today.
We are living in a time where our future is uncertain, which means youth voice is as important as ever. Kia ora, join me, Leo, on Operation Rakatahi on ORFM's Youth Zone, 105.4 FM, 1575am or online at oar.org.nz or download the Youth Zone app on Google Play or the Apple App Store. I'm on the air every second Tuesday at 4pm. And welcome back to Operation Arakatahi with Leo. So, before the break, if you just missed it, I was talking about the danger of Holocaust denial and distortion. And now I'm moving on to talking about the Russian Ukrainian crisis happening at their border. And yes, that may feel like it's so far away. And it won't affect us, it does have some trickle-down effects, and we should talk about these things, because they're so big, and there is a worry of civil war, or even regional or world war, that may be the most extreme end of it, but it is a possibility if we 
look into it because yeah now to completely understand what is going on we need to understand that Ukraine and Russia were both part of pre-1991 with the fall of the Soviet Union they were both members of the Soviet Union and when the Soviet Union fell in 1991 Ukraine became its own independent state along with many other ex-Soviet states Russia being the most powerful part of the Soviet Union and still the most powerful country in that region of Europe and Asia is something to keep into account because Russia and Ukraine have had a very messy history with each other and I'm only going to I'm not going to do too much about the past but I'll they have been on edge with each other since 2013-2014 when there was chaos in Crimea which started with an illegal referendum that the majority of Crimeans voted to leave Ukraine and support Russia to either be independent or join Russia but it was found to be illegal and unconstitutional for that referendum to go ahead in Russia in Ukraine and ultimately there was pro many protests and it was all very murky and then it led to a Russian invasion in 2014 and they have they annexed Crimea and there's been discordance between Russia and Ukraine ever since not that there wasn't before it was just that that exacerbated it but to understand what's going on today we need to understand that in the breakout of the annexation of Crimea we also have to understand that there is it's a Ukraine's a tale of two stories there is Russian supporters and NATO supporters or the EU supporters ones that want to be more Western ones that want to be more Eastern like Russia and there's a region called the Donbass region which encapsulates two different um, areas of Europe and in the aftermath of the Crimea conflict there has been they there has been parts of the Donbass region that are pro-Russia that have been at war what you the Ukraine is calling rebels what Kiev is calling rebels have been have self-declared the People's Republics in the, their own People's Republics in the Donbass region and they have been at war with Kiev with the capital of Ukraine and so there's been wars going on since 2014 in that area and this is the region in question going on at the moment because you've got that going on but Kiev itself 
the government in Kiev within the Ukraine has, over the years, more and more positioning itself and with Europe, the rest of Europe. And over the last 10 years, to understand what this is about, NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, was designed in the aftermath of World War II to keep the Soviet Union at bay, now Russia at bay. And over the last 10 years, they've been incorporating many members within that. And all of the EU is part of NATO. Russia is not. All of the EU, the UK, the US and Canada are all part of NATO. But over the last 10 years, they have incorporated many nations close to Russia, like Poland and the Baltic states, among others, that has been slowly coming across. But Putin has said, has pretty much given an ultimatum to NATO and said, you can't take the Ukraine. You cannot take them in. And it's a big red line for Putin. And he has been hard on that line for a long time. The problem is Ukraine wants to join NATO. Well, the government wants to join NATO. And and it has been slowly positioning itself. It was already doing it, but more so since the uh, Crimean conflict, which triggered tension in the Donbass region. And the problem is, recently, Ukraine has signed many deals with NATO and the EU in specific trade and alliance deals. And Russia has mobilized on this. And they are not happy. And there are tanks fully dressed, missiles in places they shouldn't be, along the border of the Donbass region in the Ukraine ready for an invasion and very much tactical in a way it was when it invaded Crimea and Donbass could be the new Crimea to set off a war between Russia and the Ukraine. Now the problem is all of NATO, all of the EU have all supported the Ukraine. They've sent military funds in case of an outbreak and they've had diplomatic calls with President of the Ukraine Vladimir Putin to push him off the ledge and not invade Ukraine. And New Zealand has definitely done that. New Zealand has expressed deep concern about the ongoing tension between Russia and the UK amid the fears of an impossible of a possible invasion. And our Foreign Affairs Minister Nanaya Mahuta is quoted in saying, we call on Russia to act in a manner consistent with international law to, and to take immediate steps to reduce tensions and the risks of severe miscalculation.
and which is important to know here New Zealand's own stance, our foreign affairs stance, because this is a big deal and we should be knowledgeable. And the problem is this could start it's on the brink of war. Like it can go one of two ways. And there is fear it could create a larger war between NATO and Russia, which is not what we want. Like, we don't want conflict even at the smallest level. We do not want an invasion because signs are triggering towards a NATO-Russia war, which is not in support of NATO being in support of the Ukraine. And the whole world's on edge, ready for something to happen, and it's a big deal, and we don't want, and I, f pretty much if NATO gets involved, it's almost the brink of a world war, because if NATO declares war on Russia, that is a lot of countries, and many of which New Zealand is allied with, and Australia is allied with. A lot of other countries too and if NATO would declare war on Russia in the event of a U of a Ukrainian invasion yeah it's likely New Zealand could get involved not saying that New Zealand would get involved it is a high chance that we would because we have huge ties with the UK with the EU and the US and Canada. And that is not, it's not a reality I would like to live in where we're in a world war, but we need to be knowledgeable because there are many things in history, even in recent history, that have been on the brink of war. But this is a really big one and we sh should talk about this and Yes, and there have been many meetings between members of NATO and Putin to back down, but neither parties are budging. Putin is not budging and neither is NATO. And there is real fear for the Ukraine and the wider consequences of a possible invasion. And who knows, it could just be a bluff to just tell NATO to back off on Putin's part, but we know Russia isn't scared to invade with the, in the Ukraine in recent years, and it is still the same president it was then, which is a very telling thing. So, yeah, and we're already seeing the consequences of this at hand here in New Zealand. If you haven't noticed, currently our petrol prices are very high key and economics, e economic professionals have theorized it could hit $3 a litre for petrol could be common in, for petrol in New Zealand, could be a real deal thing. And in places that have a council secondary tax, it's already got up there. Just today, just yesterday, today I'm recording it on Tuesday, 
the Wellington City Council, some petrol stations in Wellington have declared $3 now. As of today, it is $2.66 here in Dunedin. At, at the highest I've come across it. And that has gone up considerably. And yes, I know people are sitting there going, oh yeah, we're young people, not all of us drive cars. Yes, we drive the bus, yeah. But actually, oil prices are a big thing and they affect all of our life. But I need, I'm going to talk about, because if petrol price, oil prices go up, our food prices go up because there's transportation of those foods. And um, it's a very real thing and it and contributes as part of inflation because it's one of the most, even if you don't drive, one, one doesn't drive a car, it is one of the most important assets to New Zealand as a society. Not, and it's all over the world too. Even if you don't do that, all of our food is transported in petrol with oil related um, vehicles. And our bus prices could go up too if oil prices go up. So it is something that will affect it'll trickle down and it'll mean inflation will rise and the cost of living will rise and that's not what we want and it's not just COVID affecting this when there's conflict in regions where major oil is produced and Russia is one of the largest oil producers in the world that New Zealand buys oil from yes COVID has had a particular contribute a con contributing factor to and especially this new omicron variant to the petrol prices the oil prices being hiked up but this conflict is a major thing because russia is one of the largest oil producers in the world like i just like i said before and the problem is It transports these oil, this oil through the, these areas of conflict close to the border or through the Ukraine in the Donbass region to get down to Crimea to ship off to the rest of the world. And it goes through Egypt to go through the Suez Canal and out through the rest of the Mediterranean. And that's why it was such a big part of Russia annexing. Um, Crimea because it's a big major port it's a big peninsula that is accessible to all of the Ukraine and all of the Mediterranean and out to the rest of the world and it's such a big deal and if Russia can't access that lots of the world's oil goes down and it is the along with <laughs> Yeah, it's up there with Saudi Arabia is one of the most largest oil producers in the world. And it means that they have to travel further to get around to Ukraine. They need to travel more more east, around through, closer towards Georgia, to get around to Crimea. And if they're at war with Crimea, well, if, they're, if Russia is at war with Russia, if Russia and Ukraine go to war, 
it could mean oil is out of production or they have to russia has to move the oil somewhere else and it's something we need to acknowledge because oil prices going up doesn't just affect oil and COVID affecting it and being the conflict isn't just the only factor it also puts strain on other oil producers to produce more which hikes their price up because it's more in demand so if russia's oil source goes down so like they have to travel with it if they go down all the other oil producers in the world down through down into saudi arabia and things their prices go up and so because they have more demand so it is very particular and yes some people will go oh russia there's lots of other oil in the world well there isn't really because they're running out of it and it's not a renewable source so and i know that oil is not great for the environment and we should be moving towards more sustainable things but our society needs it and we haven't done the things to move away from it but the topic of the show isn't about oil it's just a consequence of this russia ukrainian crisis but that's all i have time for today and I hope this has been informative and knowledgeable because actually these are things that need to be talked about because we can't just go oh it happens over there it'll be fine it doesn't affect us and that is factually incorrect it does affect us it will these conflicts that happen all over the world do affect us it's all one earth and we're all interconnected and new zealand has foreign policy too and we get involved and that's a part of foreign policy you they get involved and also not getting involved is also a policy and yeah so if you just joined us or you want to access more podcasts like this Download the Usone app on Google Play or the Apple App Store to listen to this. As I include in every episode, please contact 1737 for 24-7 support from a trained counsellor because it is important. It's important to know where to find help if you need it. And I include it here because often it can be hard to ask where this help is and Just having it here and talking about it is important. And we should be able to, yeah, we all deserve to know where it is. And visit our Instagram page at operation.rakatahi and give us a follow. And if you want to come on the show as a guest or you have any issues you want spoken about on the air, flick us an email at operation.rangatahi at gmail.com. So make sure you keep aware, keep knowledgeable, and don't deny or distort the Holocaust. And look out for each other. And I'll see you in two weeks' time, maybe with Faye, and hopefully with Faye as well. But kaki te bye.
What if, what if we run away? What if, what if we left today? What if we say goodbye to safe and sound? What if, what if we're hard to find? What if, what if we lost the minds? What if we let them fall behind and they're never found? And when the lights start flashing like a photo booth and the stars explode, it will be fireproof. My use, my use is yours, tripping on skies, sipping waterfalls. My use, my use is yours, run away now and forever. My youth is yours, the truth so loud you can't ignore my youth. My youth, my youth, my youth is yours. What if, what if we start to drive? What if we close our eyes? Speeding through red lights into paradise. Cause we've no time for getting old What a body timeless souls Cross your fingers, here we go Tripping on skies, sipping waterfalls My youth, my youth is yours Run away now and forever My youth, my youth is yours The truth so loud you can't ignore My youth, my youth, my youth My youth is yours This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.